Ready? Go. Well, hello, everyone. It's Heather Whaley. Um, that was a bummer, right? I mean, that's like... Hi, Frank Whaley here. The way that I said that, yeah. was, that was sort of like... Well, like I, I think you should go back. I mean, it's been a while since we've been doing this, but I think you should go back to how you, you, know, how you would say it in the old days. You know? I know, but we've been gone for a while. We thought we were just going to take like a weekend off, and we basically went on sabbatical. I know, but you shouldn't change things. You shouldn't change things around because people then people are like, oh, it's different. Do you want to explain to people what we've been doing around here in the time that we've been gone? Why we had such an extended uh, hiatus? Sure. Um, I was I was taken captive by uh, a Mexican drug cartel. It was very scary. And. um, And yeah, so I'm okay now. No, that's not true. No. Um, well, what have we been doing? There's a lot, of, a lot has changed. A lot has happened, Heather. You and I are lo- no longer married. <laughs> That's and... not true. Today's our 20th anniversary. All right. 20 years. 20 long, long, long years. Congratulations. So, so. To you. You also. For your, the honor of being married to me. Yes. I've enjoyed it. Um, you went away for work for a bit. You were in California. That's right. Um, I, I had, uh, I, had my first post uh, lockdown trip. Had to get on an airplane, seven hours with a mask on my face. At one point, I fell asleep. My mask dropped below my nose. The flight attendant woke me from my deep slumber, telling me that I had to put my mask over my nose. That's weird. Um, And um, yeah, so I, I did that, and I realized that that in the I don't know, year or so since I had been in this house, in home, shut down, locked down. Um, you know, all, all, uh, all bar- barred in, right? All mm-hmm. non-void, walking around like a pretty boy, Floyd. I was, um, my anxiety was growing inside of my head. So when I finally left this house. I found that I was a bundle of anxiety. Everything that you could po- that one human being could possibly be suffer from anxiety from it was all wrapped up in a big bundle. It was all wrapped up in a big bundle like one of those sticks that the you know that the hobos used to carry on their shoulders with the that was all my anxiety. What are those things called? Rucksack? I don't know. Yeah, do the hobos really? I mean, they didn't have a better way to carry something. Like you wrap it in a bandana and tie it to a stick. That's like a very inconvenient and ineffective way to carry your belongings when you're hopping trains and stuff. Oh, Heather, in the 90s, that was all the rage. You would need... Flannel shirts and jeans and listen to Nirvana and walk around with like a stick with all our belongings and, you know, no, no backpacks and cell phones back then. We put everything in that, in the bandana wrapped at the end of a stick. In the, ni- in the 1890s you're talking I'm about? I'm talking about the 1990s, girl, during the grunge period. I went full grunge. I didn't, I didn't bullshit. I was old school grunge. You know, it was a very peculiar part of the 90s that I think when... You know, people like Tallulah's age, when they think, I like the fashion from the 90s, they're not knowing about the part of the 90s when men, young men, would wear pom-pom hats 
like wool pom-pom hats. Oh, yeah. Just all year round. Yeah, I, I, I have to, I have to say, I can't even, I can't even front. I was, ne- I never got into grunge. I was totally into grunge. Like my se- junior, senior year of high, of high school, of college. Well, that was your whole thing. I mean, you were, you were, you know, Grateful Dad. You wore the bells and and stuff in your hair, and you wore, you know, a lot of Birkenstocks, snowboarding fashion. There was like a, you know, snowboarding fashion to like tie flannel around your waist anyway. And then it became like a fashionable thing with, you know, grunge music. And that was your niche. Mark Jacobs did a whole grunge collection. Well, you you, was really annoying. But you did the whole, you just, you kind of transferred right from like you transitioned right from identifying as, you know, Almond Brothers, Grateful Dead. Like all that stuff that transferred pretty, pretty um, gracefully right into the grunge because well, you know you you in were in between. You, there was a bridge in between, uh-huh. which was I moved to London, and in London I I, be, I became a punk. I didn't really become a punk. That's that's stupid. Nobody punk. would ever believe that punk. A punk. Oh, I thought you said punk. A punk. A punk. <laughs> I thought, like, that's in London, almost, I became a punk. I never heard of the it's, punk. The punk. The, the no, punk, the, I, I the, started um, listening to some like punk music. I bought a bunch of Doc Martens and a you know motorcycle jacket. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. That was it. That was. I mean, and so, so if you yeah. combine the sort of northeast deadhead fashion sensibility with a London punk, what you put them in the blender, whiz it up when you pour it into your smoothie glass, it's grunge. I don't like to hear about you whizzing things up. But I, I, I'll, um, I'll, can I give you my, my style timeline? Sure. So eight, um, 70s, I went from, um, you know, kind of like uh, Scott Bale, Bruce Jenner, feathered back hair. With the polo shirt and the you know and the Levi's jeans and the Chuck Taylors, mm-hmm. right? Right. Right into somehow I transitioned. I made a full like full like crazy leapfrog into early '80s kind of my version upstate New York punk rock, which was you know bandanas rolled up and tied around the neck. That's punk rock. T-shirts, toy. Yeah, if you look at it, but it's a strange thing. Like if you look at like eight early '80s MTV fashion, because that's where I was getting my fashion sense. Because I lived in Syracuse, New York, so I thought like I was going like it was just strange fashion. I mean, it was I was wearing the 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 uh, the blazers, rolled up sleeves, ripped T-shirt underneath with the bandana tied around the neck. I looked like Pat Benatar. I didn't realize it, but I looked like an idiot. Then I went to college, upstate New York, deep, deep, upstate forest, got my ass jacked. People didn't like that look, but I didn't, I, I persisted. And I went, I went even deeper into it with the earrings, multicolored, uh, what, you know, fluorescent colored sweatshirts, blue underneath with the pink on top. What do you call that, Heather? Uh, that, that was like an 80s thing like the layered look and like the bright neon colors was like a miami vice thing okay but then i then i went then i started dressing like salminio and you know in rebel without a cause yeah like in why wouldn't you dress like james dean i i I related more to salminio he's so cute pleated 
Well, he was in love with James Dean. Was he really? Yeah, he was. Uh. Well, I was reading, reading about um, Rebel Without a Cause. James Dean evidently had a, th- a, a thing with the director and Sal Mineo and and Natalie Wood. So he was he was getting around. Anyway, my Sal Mineo phase lasted deep into the 90s. I never gave in to the grunge. And then at some point in the late 90s, I got rid of all my Salminio clothing and started just dressing like a normal Joe. And there I am. Here I am now. Uh, we had a conversation last night that um, speaking, of, speaking of Salminio being in love with somebody on, on the set, we were talking about um, actors or artists who are, who are married to each other, who were married for a very long time and were very supportive of each other. In particular, we were talking about Olympia Dukakis. You and I were having this conversation last you, night? You don't remember? We were talking about Olympia Dukakis and Louise Orch. Might have been one of these one of these conversations that I, I say, was I saying a lot of, uh-huh, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, and, and, and looking at the television or at my phone? Because that I, means I wasn't really listening. As we know, Olympia Dukakis passed away while we were on hiatus. And I was lucky enough to do a reading with her at the Cherry Lane Theater. Um, it was a play by a young woman who was like a graduate student, I think, that she was being mentored by Eduardo Machado. And it was me and Olympia Dukakis and Kim Hunter. Could I just stop you for one yeah. second and say it never occurred to me before, and I love Olympia Dukakis, that... Olympia Dukakis, that name could be a, a name for a, a great name for a male porn star. Uh, yeah. Olympia totally. Dukakis. Or it could be a great name for a, 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 a porn, a porno, gay or straight, otherwise, set in the Olympics. Olympia Dukakis. Olympia, Olympia Dukakis. That means do, D E U X. Yeah, D E U X. There's two of them. Anyway. Anyway, and I was telling you the story about when Kim Hunter. The legendary Kim Hunter. Mm-hmm. She was very old and tiny, and she was, it was like hot in like August or something like that, July. And she came into the, it was like in a rehearsal studio where we were doing the reading, and she was wearing a little cardigan, like, you know. Old and tiny? Yeah, like, you know, tiny old ladies that get cold. I was going to say, it sounds like my caucus. Oh my God. And she sat down, and she had put this young woman's script her play into a leather binder and she opens the leather binder and removes a sharpened pencil and anytime the playwright would make a note or you know change a word or she something, stabbed her with the pencil no she would write it down and i thought oh my god this lady's a professional yeah like and and imagine the feeling of this young woman who's a, a student playwright and Kim Hunter is there, like, writing down her words, not only reading her words, but writing down corrections as if she was going to be doing this play again at some point. Right. Wow. Well, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and there, was a certain, there was a certain level of craft involved with, uh, with the acting back in those days. Back in the days of, the day of Kim Hunter and Olympia Dukakis. Like, you know... And I and I came I came up in a in a in a period of time where some of that still existed. You know, I got I had an opportunity, I think we discussed it here before, I got I had an opportunity to work with uh Jessica Tandy, Hume Cronin, um on a yeah. on a Hallmark Hall of Fame picture. But and uh during the during the um 
during the read through. So we all assembled for the for the read through of the of the script, and they had the script memorized. So oh we, we we show up we show up you know a week or so before filming was set to even begin, and these two are sitting there reading through the script. Everybody else has their script in front of them, but these two have the whole all their scenes. They have the, they have them memorized. And and that's amazing. That's amazing because you know their combined age at that point was two hundred and seventy five. Number one, and but there was a level of commitment, a level of um, you know I saw it with I I had you know I had the honor of working with Rita Moreno. Yeah, and 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 the uh, before the aforementioned Louise Orch. Well, so here's the thing: after that reading, we went downstairs and you came to meet me. But Louise Orch had come to watch the reading, to watch his wife in the reading, Olympia. Yes. And afterwards, you, you met me downstairs, and they were like, oh, you're, are you married to Frank Whaley? Oh, this is wonderful. How wonderful this is going to be. And I thought, wow, these two are really excited about you and I being married, but also they were so excited about each other. Right. And that was really, really lovely. Well, I did a production of a play with Louis and Rita Moreno. It was just the three of us in this play, and um, directed by Austin Pendleton. And um, play was called uh, "The Size of the World," and um, it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty um, um, what's the word experience um, monumental experience in my life because working with those two, but especially Louis Zorch because he he was so smart about about acting, but the way he spoke about his wife, like he deferred everything in the acting to her. Everything he learned about acting, according to him, was from her. Which, mm-hmm. and I was telling, I was telling you about when um, Olympia came to see the the first first preview of that play and probably delivered to me um, the most remarkable compliment I probably ever have ever received in my acting. Ah, so this is another compliment besides that you look good in blue. Well, right? that was in my childhood. This yes. was I was an adult. You've gotten lots of compliments as an adult. Yeah, but I don't count them. I don't count well, them. You should. No, nah, I don't. But I don't because like, I don't deserve them. But either. you don't. Your self esteem it doesn't stop when you're you know no longer a child. But what did Olympia say to you? Well, um, after the first preview of this show, and you know, I was at a period of time where I was I was you know had no loss um, of confidence. I was a young whippersnapper, but. Um, she came to see the show, and we were sitting around afterward with with Louis, and and she said to me um, that she knew a few seconds into the play um, that that I had something that, in her words, she said that you did not learn. Yeah, and that's the magic. You can't learn it. You can't t- take an acting class and get that magic. Well, this was something that she said. I, I don't, I don't claim this, but this was this the truth. Under, but she said this to me, and 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 she offered advice as well. And she's, you know, I was young, and 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 you know, as I said, as I, you know, I admittedly over, probably overconfident, and enormous ego, but very little self, very little self esteem. Ego, but huge ego, no self esteem. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. And but anyway, she told me, you know, you 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 have something that. That ninety nine point ninety nine point ninety nine percent of performers wish they could have, wish they had, and and you have it. But she also suggested that 
you know, I, I bear in mind that it needs to be refined and that I need to continue to work on it and to, you know, to educate myself in, 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 this, in this art form, you know, with classes and, and, you know, listening to people who, you know, like her and, and, um, and she was right. And she was, she was, she was right. And um, did, did I take that? Stuff? Did I take that advice? Absolutely not, Heather. I flew myself into an odyssey of drugs and drinking and womanizing and self-destructive behavior, and basically destroyed my career by making bad choices in terms of my representation and personal involvements. And here I am now. You know what's another another couple that was really loved each other very much was. Rita Moreno and her husband. Yes. And um, well, I don't I don't know if he's still around. He might still be around. But I was working at the Algonquin Hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, what were you doing there? You were doing a show. There. I, I had a show there. Very successful show. Yeah, I had a show there. But then but then this is like a, a while later. And I, I was friends with this guy, Max, who was the concierge. And he had to go away. He was also a costume designer and he was going on tour or something like that. And I filled in for him, which was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake because I went from being like the performer in the Oak Room with my own show in the Oak Room to like now I'm now I'm answering the phone in the in the it was like booking. Um, the hell were you thinking? It was like booking uh, tickets for another show that was in the Oak Room. Right. And I answer the phone and this guy's like, I want two tickets, please. And I said, OK. And, and uh, I said, what name uh, can I ask, you know? what name and he said this is mr reader marino <laughs> and uh i thought that was really cute um well i i, I met him on on a, on a few occasions and he was very proud to be mr rita moreno and um just like i'm very proud to be mr heather buca lynn whaley and um you know especially with all the i mean you i, I was talking earlier i want to focus on you for a second heather because you know, we've been we've been away from the studio here for a little while. Out of the mm-hmm. um, what do we call this studio? Um, the the podcast studio. Yeah, the closet. Got, it's also called the closet. Well, we should have a name for. We should put up a neon light in here. Oh, that would be nice. But, but I can't see you anyway. So what's the difference? Yeah, but we like it better that way. That way we can you know be in our own booths. But anyway, you have been. Uh, um, I mean, for, for people out there who admire Heather, you know, for her social media presence and. All her accomplishments. She's been on fire, just simply on fire. Yeah. And I don't know what's. I was saying it to you earlier. I think today I was like, I don't know where you're getting the energy. I I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's like you're 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 just on fire. You've learned. You're like you're like that Groundhog Day. It's like it's like um, the line in Hamilton. Like, why do you uh, write? Like you're running out of time. Only I'm not writing. I'm doing like a lot of other stuff. That has nothing to do with each other or anything. I sleep like I'm running out of time. That's what I do. But you, 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 you've learned how to knit. You've become an expert knitter. I made a sweater, beautiful sweater. I'm wearing it right now. You planted a above the ground garden outside. I built raised garden beds and I um, surrounded them with deer fencing. And I learned about square foot gardening and I planted some seeds. And you've taken a lover. (laughs) And you've learned about tantric sex? No, no, oh. I did not do. That oh no, no, no! Sorry, I got my notes confused. I had somebody else. No, um, I did get carpal tunnel syndrome. The combination of the knitting and the building, and 
I wake up in the middle of the night with numb hands. But you're going insane, girl. And now you've learned. Now you're now you're learning all about Bitcoin and Dogecoin. I'm like obsessed with cryptocurrency. I'm obsessed. Not not so much the Dogecoin, but it's it's a. I I mean, it's it's I feel like there's somebody opened a door to. You know, like uh, a secret door in my house, and inside that secret door is like a massive, massive whole city that I had no idea that it existed. And that's what this whole like cryptocurrency is. And it's kind of fun learning about it. And, um, how cool would that be if you actually found a door in your house that you've been living in for 12 years and it wasn't a city, but there was like something in there a beautiful, like an indoor pool or, 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 what else would you want in there? An indoor pool would be like, ugh. If, if it had been there for years, it'd be full of mosquitoes and stuff. Anyway, you are you are just, you're, I don't know what's gotten into you, um, but I like it. And you're, you know, you're, I wish you all the best. Oh, thanks. And, um, and you know, 20 years. I wish years, I could monetize this, though. That's the thing. Girl, you don't have to put a... You, you, money don't mean a damn thing. Okay, but here's the thing that I'm learning from this cryptocurrency stuff. There are people who sell access to themselves. So they... Um, well, that's what I wanted to do with the Cameo XXL. I wanted okay. to sell access to myself, right. my so genitals. Here's, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You make... Um, there's this guy. I was just watching him on a YouTube show, and he did these doodles, like like silly little doodles, and he sold them each. But each doodle has also is also like a currency, and it's a token. And he was like, "This doodle will get you into. Uh, it's also a token that gives you access to my uh, festivals and conferences, and have dinner with me once a year for three years because I'm the kind of guy who would love to have dinner with someone once a year for three years." And I, what, I'm, I'm, my mind is blown. I have no idea who this guy is, where he gets his confidence, and why anybody wants to have dinner with him. He made a lot of money on like Bitcoin and stuff like that. But that's what you could do, Frank. You could sell some little thing, it make it make it a token. It, you know, if I figured out how to make sourdough bread, I figured out how to knit a sweater, I figured out how to build the raised garden beds, I can figure out how to make a non-fungible token. Hell and yes. And I am dead serious. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make non-fungible token. And when you get your token, it comes also with access to you. So, you know, this guy is like, you can come sit courtside at the Knicks. You don't, you don't sit courtside at the Knicks these days. Hell no. But... Uh, there we could think of other things that that people would get to do with you. Have a game of catch. Oh my god! I bet people would love to have a game of catch with you. Sure, people can have a game of catch with me. Just they can have a cup of tea with me. They can do whatever the hell hell they want with me. But they have to spend some big time. Yeah. Dollars. Listen, there's a guy who made these like little little drawings, computer drawings of punks, and they they were free for people at first. There were 10,000 of them, and now they're selling for millions of dollars. Millions. They're valued at, their collective value is nearly $600 million, and they're not even a thing that exists in the world. Let's get to work on it. You could take a screenshot of it and put it, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you could probably just take a screenshot and pretend like it's yours. Meanwhile, 20 years later, Heather, you and I, here we are, sitting in the, in the, in the, in the lab, Still married, yeah, and it's been a it's been a hell of a of a, of a ride. When we and, got um, married, there was no Facebook, 
There was no, no Twitter. No. There was not even Friendster at that at that time. Forget about MySpace. I was wearing damn cargo pants. No, you weren't. You've never worn cargo pants? Nah. But uh, 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. What's your favorite memory? My favorite memory of our marriage? Yeah. My favorite memory of our marriage was the I put birth, you on the spot. No, the births of our children. Ah, yeah. Um, and then also uh, the other times we've traveled. When we went to London was really fun for that film festival there. And our trip last, last winter when we went back to England was really fun. I loved that. Was it? I guess it was like a year and a half ago now. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, um, you know, my... We went to Paris. You know what my favorite memory is? Oh, my God. What? D- don't say it. What? You thought I was going to say first time we had... Oh, no, because that I, would be gross. I'm not going to say something like that. Now I got to go in and bleep that out. Now I got to go in and bleep That's that out. That's gross. See, you, you, but I was going to actually say when you stood in front of me and said, um, I'm just a girl in love with a boy... What? Oh, that was Ju- that Julia Roberts shit. Yeah. I was trying to remember that. Yeah, yeah. You never said anything Asking like that. him to love me. No, I never said anything <laughs> like that. You know, it is funny, though, that we got each other the exact same thing for our anniversary again. Even the same kind of flowers and champagne. We know each other too well, girl. Yeah. We know that all we really want is to sit on the couch and drink. Hell and yes. Watch, watch some TV. Let's get on with it then. Yeah. All right. Um, when are we going to come back? Oh, because we're not going to be doing this every day. Oh, hell we? no. Yeah, no. The The other thing about taking that super long hiatus is that I kept thinking like, well, we don't have anything to talk about. Uh, what, we can't go back. Now I don't have anything to say. So, oh, you never, you never run out of stuff to say. So today is Wednesday. Are we going to be back Friday, let's, Monday, next Wednesday? What, what's it going to be? Oh, let's play it by ear. Well, people, people are listening. They're going to have to know when we'll to have to know. check. They'll have to check. We'll, 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 we'll post something to let them know when to, when to look out for y'all. Are we going to be back on Friday? This Friday? Yeah. Hell no. No. So Monday. Yeah, let's say Monday. Okay. So we'll see you back here on Monday. You can't miss us if we're still around, right? We got to leave for you to want us to come back. Something That's like right. that. That's something what like the that. saying goes. Yeah. Bye. This is not very good podcast content.